You're listening to the Next Wave Radio Network. My calculations are correct. When this baby hits 88 miles per hour, you're going to see some serious shit. All right, Sam. I am really, really upset about what we're going to miss out on this weekend. Oh, I know. I'm about to hulk out over here. I am so angry. Damn. <laughs> Fuck. I know you're I know you're really angry, but like just the way you presented that, that sounded like so played like yeah, Sam sure does sound angry, guys. Like that I know I felt like I was falling into like a Christopher Walken, almost like a bad Christopher Walken impression it was, over yeah, there. It was almost like a B movie like yeah. presentation of like how mad I am. Like Oh man, guys, darn I shoot. sounded like Calculon from Futurama there. My <laughs> ungodly acting talent. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, this, no, I actually am pissed yeah, about I, this. I am too. Uh, this is My Comic Life. My name is Jeff, and sitting across from me, as always, is Sam. And we want to thank you for tuning in to this week's show. Don't forget to check us out on Facebook. Just search for My Comic Life in the Facebook search bar. Follow us on Twitter and Instagram. Both of our usernames there are at mycomic underscore life. Uh, if you're listening to us on iTunes, please rate us and comment on the show. That really helps us out. Uh, if you have a friend that you are telling about this show, but they say they can't listen because they don't have an iOS device, tell them to get Podcast Republic or Podcast Addict. You can search for our show through there, and that will actually pull the show from the iTunes library onto your Android device. Uh, Windows phone users, I don't know, maybe get an iOS or an Android phone, but that's just me. All right, so what Sam and I are upset about is this weekend is Dallas Comic Con. This isn't fan days. This is the big one. This is our big – this is Dallas's Takes big – Takes over the convention center yes, downtown. Yes, this is, our, uh, this, is, this is our version of what San Diego Comic Con is. Uh, this is the best way to put it. Yeah. You know, it, is this but it is, can't compare. Yeah, well, no, of course it can't, but – you know, this year it looks like they're trying. And I mean, they got a really good lineup yeah, coming out this year. And so, due to the fact that uh, I have to work on weekends and that I have friends getting fucking married, so I have to take weekends off to go to goddamn weddings. Which, by the way, Sam and I will come to your wedding if you're in the Texas, Oklahoma, Oklahoma Arkansas, Arkansas, Louisiana. All you have to do is get three friends to like our page and then message us or post our Facebook page saying, hey, I got these three friends to like your page. Jeff and I will come to your wedding. As long as room and board and alcohol is provided for. We will pay for gas, but everything else you pretty much got to pay for. I'll pay for the room and board for for Jeff and I. Okay, great. I'm not. Great. But definitely open bar, but yeah. at least to us. That is non-negotiable. Uh, so due to that and due to the fact that, Sam, you got family stuff going on this week, we cannot go. to. <gasps> we missed out on fan days. Fuck. We've missed out on... Okay, a lot. Third time's gonna be the charm. The next time some Comic Con rolls around, I swear you're taking off work. I'm taking off work. We're getting some. We're setting up a damn booth somewhere. Yes, we we need to. Uh, so real quick, we're gonna run down some of the big name celebrity guests that are coming to this year's Comic Con. If you hear me whimpering and crying over here, it's just because yes. my fandom is being destroyed by not being able to so, see these people. So uh, gonna start uh, towards the bottom of the list is uh, first off. Sam, one of uh, one of your guys, I believe you've met him at least once or twice before, uh, and you had a weird abbreviation for his name that it sounded like it wasn't your first time using it. My boy JDF. 
JD, okay. Jason David Frank, the Green Ranger. He will be there signing autographs. It's, it's not hard for him. He's a, he's a local Texas guy. Yeah, isn't he like from Houston? Yeah. And, and, and they're flooded anyways <laughs> right now. So he's up here anyways just trying to keep dry. Yeah. So uh, you can meet the Green Ranger. Also, Ernie Hudson will be. Uh, will Winston. Be, that's right. We'll also be up here. From Ghostbusters. Here's an odd one for me. Okay. Barbara Eden, man, I used to watch old reruns of I Dream of Jeannie, like in second grade on Nick at Night. But really? I mean, that woman's like a million years old. Definitely lost the I Dream of Jeannie body. Jeez, so- Sam, like, <laughs> sorry. No, I would, I would still go. I up would there. just like to apologize <laughs> to any ladies that are listening to this show that were offended by <laughs> Sam's comment no i would still get my picture taken with her she is a legend she's awesome yeah i only really know her because i had to cut her shows uh together for work as we aired reruns of i dream of genie so i look at her and i'm like i had to do so much goddamn work because your show was still on fucking beta tapes and i couldn't get in a digital form so that's how i look at it now Uh, one of your boys is going to be here a guy you love and respect mr kevin conroy yeah is uh he i don't know if he'll still be doing this uh but um well why don't you tell people who kevin conroy is just in case kevin conroy is the voice of batman in the animated series and all the next-gen video games that you've been playing that are badass like the the arkham games he's also the voice of batman is a lot of people look to him and say like he is Batman because he was the one that given Batman that sound that like Christian Bale I think attempted to mimic yeah he was one of the first Batmans to give him two different voices right he's also the most consistent Batman you look at Batman in live action you've had Adam West you've had Michael Keaton you've had George Clooney Val Kilmer uh Christian Bale now we have Ben Affleck like He's been, you know, and that's because he's been doing an animated series, so his his career yeah, I mean, can last longer. Because he started out in Batman the animated series, he was he went through all the iterations of the animated series, including Batman Beyond. He voiced Batman in all the Justice League cartoon TV series, and he hasn't voiced it in every movie, but he's voiced Batman in a lot of the Justice League movies. Right, and uh, I don't know if he's still doing this, but what really made him stand out and like set apart for me was like at one of the first cons I went to, he was signing autographs for free where you, you know, normally people charge like, you know, somewhere between like 10 and 30 bucks for an autograph. And he was giving out autographs for free. And his reasoning was simple, which is the fans made me who I am. This is my way I can give back to the fans. You know, if it wasn't for them, I wouldn't, I wouldn't be here. And so he's really appreciative of his fan base. And to me, that's what makes him really stand out. And uh, and I'm really happy to see that uh, he's coming back. I don't see him on my list. Just side note, where do you see him? Down at the very bottom, right before the canceled begin. He's next to the all the animated characters. Oh, oh, okay. I, I, I see where you're Another saying. Another one that catches my eye, but this is just because I just bought this season one of this series for like 10 bucks at Best Buy the other day was uh, Lois and Clark, The New Adventures of Superman, Mr. Dean Kane. That's right. From Dean, the 90s. Dean Kane will be there. Let he, me tell you, the effects don't hold up quite as well, I, I, but, I, but it's still, it's still got a soft spot in my heart because I grew up watching this series, you know, so I say, like it. Is like, for me, he's, you know, he's my main iteration of Superman, you know, it's like, yeah, as a child, I grew up and my parents showed me the Christopher Reeves Bat or not Batman, uh, Superman <laughs> uh, movies, but like 
the uh, his, Dean Kane was like the one that like I watched week after week. I mean, and, like I loved that. Far show. as Superman go, he was a pretty solid. He, Superman. he really was. Yeah. He really was. Uh, Robin Lord Taylor from Gotham. He plays Penguin on Gotham. Uh, he will be here. Um, Adam West and Burt Ward. That, that's if right. If you like the campy 1960s Batman, they'll be there signing autographs. Yes. Um, don't really know why Bill Goldberg's going to be here, but uh, he's going to be here. I guess if you're a wrestling fan. I, 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 I guess. Um, then we move on up, and of course uh, – People from Firefly, they're making their appearances. So for Firefly, we have uh, Alan Tudyk will be here. And then, oh, is it really just the two of them? Alan Tudyk and uh, Nathan, Nathan Fillion? Fillion? They're probably going to be promoting their new web series. You're absolutely right. Oh, I didn't even think about that. You're absolutely right. Fuck. That's going to be... That's another thing we're going to miss out on. Probably. Sorry. Oh, oh, this next one gets my heart just beating faster and faster. This is my first sci-fi crush I ever had. Oh, wait. Oh. It's going to be either – both of these ladies are appearing. It's either – oh, no, it could be three. It's either going to be Carrie Fisher or Jillian Anderson or Jerry Ryan. Am, and, I, am I right with one of those three? Yes. Okay, now I'm going to narrow it down. I'm not going to – I'm going to take Carrie Fisher out. I'm going to say Jerry Ryan. Yes. Got it. Seven Boom. of nine. Oh, know my you gosh. too well. Wearing this tight silver bodysuit they stuck her in. Mm. Uh-uh-uh. Oh, that girl had it going on back in the day. Still does. All right, Sam, do you need a moment alone? <laughs> Jesus, man. Oh, no, I used to Oh, used to have such a big crush on her. All right, calm down. So, yes, Jerry Ryan will be there from uh, Star Trek Voyager. Hey, Jeff, guess what? Wait, hold on. And then and then just to reiterate, uh, Julian Anderson will be there from the X-Files, and uh, Carrie Fisher will also be, uh, be there. Carrie Fisher, I have a feeling, especially with The Force Awakening coming up, She's going to be slain. I just got mad respect for that woman, man. Yeah. She's awesome. All right. Uh, so. Hey, Jeff. Jeff. Guess what? Well, a lot of people from Doctor Who are going to be there. Because Billy Piper's going to be there. But you know who else is going to be there? Karen Gillian. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I like Karen Gillian. She's awesome. She's the better companion. It- Rose was the shit companion. I know that you would. This, this, this is why you need to take Saturday off so you and I can, like. Be on either side of like the the question and just, answering just, line. Just like starting some shit up there, just yeah. be like, "Hey, Karen, Karen, Billy was saying some shit about you backstage. <laughs> like, I don't know if you heard this, but like, I have a lot of respect for you, and I feel like you should know this." And then you can see me running down the aisle, tagging like, "I love you, Rose Tyler." <laughs> no, I I would probably get kicked out for yelling about how much yes. she sucked. But so anyway, so uh, two of the doctors' companions will be here uh, along doctor. with the with one of the doctors. Two uh, doctors are going to be there. Two doctors. I only saw Matt Smith. Uh, Sylvester McCoy is going to be there. Uh, he's been. Uh, if, 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 uh, which which d- number was he? <laughs> Shit, if I know. Uh, I, I'm trying to find a picture of him real quick because if he's the one I can think of, uh, he's been making the rounds a lot recently. Uh, I know there is an older doctor that uh, I think it was the doctor before the reboot series. That uh, that has been making. Yeah, see, the I started with the reboot series. Only. Yeah, yeah. But, well, uh, that, that's where I started too. But see, at my very first Comic Con, I got to meet Jack Harkness, and you mm. know, got got him to autograph stuff. I don't even want to know how much it would cost me to get Matt Smith's picture or to get Matt Smith to autograph anything for me. Yeah, that's gonna be. I have a feeling that's gonna be a yeah, lot. Let me let me break this down for any noobs who've never been to a con. You think that you buy a ticket and that gets you access to everything? No. Nope. A ticket just gets you in the door. And a ticket is, if you're just going for the day, anywhere from 20 to 40 bucks. I know that's kind of a big price jump, but 
the bins. And then each one of these awesome celebrities we just named off has their own price for for signing autographs or getting a picture okay, taken. Okay, so here we go. Is um, oh no no, oh single day passes. Yeah, is single day. Uh, Fridays twenty five bucks because Fridays are typically slow days. Yeah, because everything's are getting off up. work. Single day for Saturday is fifty bucks. That's unlimited access because there are sometimes where you have to have special passes to get in certain yeah. panels. Uh, so 50 bucks for a single day ticket that gets you into everything. And then Sunday is 40 bucks for a single day pass. Now, let me tell you something. If you're going to a con and you're not really interested in getting autographs and you're really going there to look at the different booths and maybe buy some memorabilia or try to find some, try to find some comics. Sunday is the best day for you to go yes. because that is the day that people do sales because these guys have to they have to truck all this stuff and they have to load it in. They don't want to truck it back. Exactly. You know, they take the stuff that <laughs> that they take, they're looking to get rid of. And on Sundays you can find ridiculous deals. Is I have I have found like deals where like they stack the discount there like this item's 25% off. But then because today's Sunday Everything on our booth is 30% off, so now this is 55% off for you. It's not only that. I mean, <clears throat> I went to a Comic-Con one time here, and I found a Star Trek phaser and communicator set, and it was Sunday, and the guy had it listed at 40, and like it was 10 minutes before the hall closed out, and I was like, I'll give you 35 to 30 for this, and he's like, 30, sold. I mean, these guys want to get rid of their shit. Also, if you love artwork and you want prints done from local artists of like your favorite superhero, let me tell you, these guys will deal with you as well, especially on last days. I've gotten two prints for like 15 bucks before. Yeah. I mean, not every artist is going to do that, but the really right. nice ones who just want to like sell their art and get the fuck out, they'll deal with you as well. Right. So Sunday is the best day to go. Exactly. Sunday is deal day. So um, those are kind of the big artists. Oh, or oh, Sorry. Stan Lee's going to be there. Oh, yeah. He's always there. It's like it used to be like, oh, Stan Lee's going to be here. Oh, my God. Now it's kind of like, yeah. It's it's normal that Stanley's going to be there. You I've know. never tried before, but I hear it's a hundred dollars to get his autograph. Uh, that that wouldn't surprise me. Is um is I'm trying to think. The last time I went, I want to say it was more expensive than that. So I don't know if uh okay right here autographs uh for Stanley seventy dollars for an autograph ticket eighty dollars for a photo op. So um so there you go. That's uh, Stanley's uh, pricing. So that's that's actually down from what I remember. So if you're in Dallas this weekend, those are some of the things you can look forward to at this year's Dallas Comic-Con. Uh, I also know that there is going to be a fantastic after party. I can't remember where. For the life of me, I can't remember where. But uh, our good friend Devin Pike, who was actually on a recent episode of uh, The Editing Bay, he is working with some guys, and they are bringing back the old MTV show Remote Control. Uh, so tickets are on sale now for the after party. Like I said, for the life of me, I can't remember uh, where it is, but I'm sure if you do some Googling, you will be able to find it. Uh, so you definitely want to try to check that out. Sam, you had one more thing before we moved yeah. on from this. Alamo Draft House will be doing a screening of Ghostbusters with Ernie Hudson this weekend. Oh, check, check out Alamo Draft House website for more details. That will not be included with the con well, right. itself. Right, this is something. Com See, that's the other cool thing about cons is like when a con's in town is s local businesses will do stuff like this. Yeah, you know, like they'll bring in the celebrities. Like, damn, I may have to go to this. Yeah, that that would be really cool. I found out that actually Ernie Hudson, like, 
it was like it was over a it was a while ago that he was in town i think for one of the smaller cons and he came up to my work and i was off that day and i was like no one called me no one fucking called me about this really kind of pissed me off all right, so Sam, anything else before we move on about Dallas Comic Con? We uh, spent more time than I yeah. ever thought we would. If you're looking it. for a date, they're having a fan expo speed dating con. That's another reason Jeff, you and I should go down there. Damn, yeah, it really well, is. We could meet the loves of our lives at Dallas Comic Con. You know what? So far, everywhere else is striking out, so let's give it a shot. All right, that's it for me. All righty. Uh, so uh, one of the guests that was going to attend Dallas Comic Con but has canceled was Robert Rodriguez. And I really, really wished that he was going to be there this weekend because someone would have brought up the question about the news that broke about him today. That kind of sounded like a tongue-tied. Anyways, Robert Rodriguez is set to direct a live-action uh, Johnny Quest movie. Sam, you, like, I was like, okay, we can just talk about this really quick, but you were like, oh, no, this is childhood. We're This is dangerous territory for you, Sam, because if this sucks, uh, it's ruining childhood oh, yeah, memories no, for I you. I grew up watching the old Johnny Quest cartoons on Cartoon Network. I grew up watching the next-gen Johnny Quest cartoon. I was never into Johnny Quest. You like, never went into Quest World, man? No, like, I, I, get, I get what the Venture Brothers are doing. And That's how, why I love the Venture Brothers so much because I grew up watching Johnny Quest is, as a kid, is, and I get all the jokes that they're making. Right? Is is I get I I, I get the correlation because Venture Brothers is kind of like Johnny Quest and Archie. I feel and you know uh, making a, a spoof of it. But so so what what is it about Johnny Quest for you, man? What is it? Come on, man. His dad was a scientist. His bodyguard was like a badass, like ex CIA spy, and he got to travel around the world. Discovering ancient artifacts, traveling to strange lands, and he got into a whole lot of fights in action. What wasn't there to love about this? Yeah, it sounds good. It he sounds jet like jet set around the world with his best friend, his dad, and his dad's bodyguard. Yeah. Uh, so, uh, so don't have too many details about it. Just that uh, Robert Rodriguez is attached to this project, and at one point, still don't know. Don't know if this is for sure or not. But at one point, both uh, Zac Efron and Dwayne The Rock Johnson were uh, attached to this project. Don't know if they're still attached to it, uh, but of course, Zac Efron... Hey, uh, if you want to go with an older Johnny Quest, I'm fine with that. Uh, so far as playing Race Bannon, it should only be Gerard Butler or Chris Hemsworth. Oh, really? Yes. Why? Because I think that would make badass. Just, just kind of more looks based. Or if you really want to put a smile on my face, dig up Gary Busey and have him come play Race Bannon. <laughs> oh my god! Like he would. I would. I would camp the fuck out for that. He would do it cheap. He would do it cheap. Something tells me that. Something tells me that those uh, Amazon uh, fired uh, TV commercials. That check's starting to dry up because I haven't seen one of those in a come while. Come on, give us the Buse. That's right. That's right. That. But, that <laughs> Busey. Give us Busey as Race Bannon, man. Come on. <laughs> no, um, yeah, I'm fine with going with an older Johnny Quest. Uh, but, yeah, you kind of need, like, a young, studly dude or at least, like, a middle-aged guy who can kind of – you don't have to give Race Bannon white hair, in my opinion. Mm -hmm. I mean, not always. Well, I think they would want to try to stick – well, but then as, as soon as I'm about to finish that sentence, I'm like, oh, this is Robert Rodriguez. I was going to say you'd want to stick to somewhat of, you know, the origin and have a similar look and feel. But 
Robert Rodriguez, he might have taken the whole direction that, like, wait, if you didn't know it was based on Johnny Quest, you, you would gonna, have no It's going to be he El Mariachi, the Johnny Quest version. Yeah. like We're, we're all going to be strapped with guitars <laughs> blowing shit up. We're about to see the bloodiest Johnny Quest ever. <laughs> <laughs> so, so that's something to look forward to. Another thing that is, is something I feel that you should be able to look forward to, at least I'm looking forward to it, is uh, The Walking Dead's Robert Kirkman has joined the writing team for Transformers. Hallelujah. If I could sing it, I would. See, you say hallelujah. I say, okay, let's see how this plays out. Because, you know, Michael Bay, you know, Robert Kirkman can come in there and give his opinion and all this stuff, and Michael Bay can sit there and be like, no, no, no. Do this, do this, do this. So you might get some bastardized version of, like, what Robert Kirkman saw. I mean, I I hope that they recognize his talent as a writer and they give him a re- really loose reins to kind of let him roll with it. But when you're talking about a project that has both Michael Bay and Steven Spielberg's names attached to it, which I'm really surprised Spielberg still wants his name attached to this, but okay, uh, not all life decisions are good ones. Uh but with even that aside, with their two names attached to it, they're going to have a lot of say in it because Steven Spielberg still has integrity to his name. Michael Bay is losing it every Transformer movie that he puts out. You know. All right, look. If this is going the way the franchise has gone, this one's going to be good because one was good, two sucked, three was good, four sucked. So if he's going to come back around to it again. This one should be good. Three was good? Yeah, I like three a lot. I didn't see past one. Oh, three. Three's worth it. Is it? Yeah. But do I have to see two to get three? No. I feel, yeah. And see, and that's another thing, man, is Kirkman, he likes to take his time. He likes to develop story. You know, is it's not just going to be like, okay, this one movie, you, you only need to see this one. It's like, well, this from this other movie is going to play off of this and this film. You know, that that that's his style. You know, this is the same guy that m- recently at South by Southwest bashed the shit out of Warner Brothers in D.C. for spoiling their, uh, their uh, cinematic uh, universe. You know, because he likes surprises and he likes things built upon each other. So with these Transformers movies where, like you said, you don't need to see one to see the other and you can still enjoy it, that's not his style. At least from my experience with Robert Kirkman, that's not really his style. So it'll be interesting to see if if he's able to to do something that we're used to see him doing with his writing, which is building, out, building on uh, past experiences. Uh, I don't know, but I do feel b- better that he is involved in it. At least I know there's someone in there that like doesn't solely give a shit about a movie check that they actually want a good, compelling story. Maybe the explosions will have a purpose this time. God can only hope. God can only hope. Maybe it just won't be blowing shit up for blowing shit up's sake. I know. Hopefully, hopefully that, uh, that would be the case. But so we'll see what happens with, uh, with Robert Kirkman joining this, uh, this, this franchise. Uh, okay, big fan. Stick, sticking with kind of the zombie thing. Um, big fan of of the books. 
wasn't a real big fan of the movie. We're talking about World War Z. Uh, we have some new information. Well, not really new information. Just uh... whoa, whoa! What is that about? The book was so amazing. It was World War Z. The book was amazing, and there were a lot of things that that hindered the success of the film. But also, a film grossing fifty four uh, or sorry five hundred and forty million that's still financially a success to where they're making a sequel. Yeah. Was the story of of World War Z the movie anything like the book? Absolutely not. I never saw the movie. Oh. Oh yeah. Well es- essentially the only thing that the movie and the book had in common were pretty much the name. That's exactly why I didn't go see the movie. But with this sequel, they have an opportunity to really capitalize on on what they've set up in the first film. And if they do it correctly, the World War Z sequel could be a, a really good interpretation of the book. Where they tell the survivor tales. Right. Okay. 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 So, so, so here's the deal: World War Z, the book, is a book about a about a journalist going and interviewing soldiers who fought in the. Well, not just soldiers; different people who had survived. Right. But uh, yeah. Okay. So people who were involved with the zombie apocalypse you know is is they is in the world war z books they look at the the zombie apocalypse as another world war as as just like a war so in the book the war is over and a journalist is going and interviewing survivors of this war and it's so it's all told you know so each chapter is like a different story of like okay i was at this battle or like you know i was in this town and this is how we escaped it was it was done really well. The movie was not like that at all. The movie was like the outbreak is happening. It's happening right now and and we're you know, we're learning how to adjust to this on the fly. You know, the book, everything had already happened. The movie it's so the book was in past tense, the movie was happening in present tense. Now with the sequel, you can now make the sequel like the book and have it be in past tense. You can do the movie to where it is someone going around getting interviews about what happened during the outbreak and then have the movie be flashbacks like it is in the book. So the sequel, I have a lot of hope for because they can really make it like the book. The first one, okay, I can kind of get, I can kind of, and maybe because I do love the book so much that I'm playing favorites, but I can kind of get how they didn't stick with the book on the first one because they needed to set everything up. But now the first film's done, everything's set up, do it like the book, do it past tense. If they do that, they the World War Z, the, the sequel for it, has a really, really uh, good chance of being successful and being true to the book. So I am hopeful for, for this new uh, sequel. Uh, it is we we do have a nothing about the story or the plot line but we do have that it will be in theaters on June 9th 2017 uh this pits this uh, World War Z sequel up against uh the sequel to Fantastic 4 if the Fantastic 4 film that that Fox is releasing is a you know obviously they're planning to do a trilogy of those films uh, and they have already tentatively slated 
the sequel for the Fantastic Four on June 9th. So that would be a really interesting battle to see what happens. Uh, you know, is I think Fantastic Four, depending on how the first film works, could have a leg up on it. Uh, only time will tell. So hopefully they don't screw up this one. Um, and, and we actually have something that r resembles the book in this next film. Uh, speaking of uh, sequels, uh, they kind of waited a really, really long time to make this sequel. Oh, no. They made a sequel back in the 80s. They made it. They went from R to PG and dumbed it down. And then they tried to reboot this franchise, and that didn't work. So now they're like, oh, shit. Well, let's just go back and shit in the well another time and see what happens. So here's what we're talking about. Uh, Arnold Schwarzenegger is going to be reprising his role as Conan the Barbarian. And they so they're making a new, a new Conan movie, and they are saying it is going to be a sequel to the 1982 movie. Um, this is 30 years after the original film. 30-some-odd years. Too late, no one gives a shit, or like, okay, we've been sitting and it's been, and now's the right time. Sam, w w what do you think? I say this is going to be a tale of Conan's son. Mm -mm. Mm. It says, um, uh, da -da -da, uh, details about the sequel, 19 Conan the Barbarian, and yes, it confirms it is a sequel, not a reboot. Wait, okay, wait, keep, keep saying what you were saying because I saw. I think. Arnold is a little too old to be swinging the sword for 90 minutes, so I think you, there's got to be some younger person to pull in a younger audience. So I think they're... Okay, it, it is picking up Arnold's character 30 years later. Yeah. So it doesn't say anything about a kid. But it's Conan, and it's 30 years later. Is 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 it too late? That, that, that's what I'm asking you, I'm Sam. thinking here... Uh, no, it's not too late. Yes, you can still play on people's nostalgic values of their childhood. Uh, just don't make it shit. I think it's already too late. Why? Well, like you said, they did. They already did some some sequels of it, and it, they didn't work out. Then how many? It was less than ten years ago that they tried to reboot the series, and it was a failure. Is I think what they're basically. What I think what they're basically playing off of is Arnold is the fact that Arnold is is going to be in this movie. I don't think they I don't know if they really have anything else going for them. I mean, it's it's the same character story thirty uh, years later. I think Arnold tried to branch out beyond the other characters because he he has made some action movies in like the recent year and like the past couple of years, and they have all failed and flopped at the box office. So Arnold's like, well, shit, I'm going back to give the people what they want. More Terminator, more Conan. Yeah, that's true. Are we going to get Commando 2 coming up here pretty soon? <laughs> God. The Matrix Returns? He wasn't in that. No, his name was Matrix in Commando. Oh. I just immediately went. I was like, Sam, they already did that movie. <laughs> like, they did three of them. I'm, wait, I'm waiting for the reboot of that to come down the pipe here any, <laughs> any time now. Probably, man. I wouldn't be surprised. I would not be surprised. Uh, another film. Well, I wouldn't say this is being a reboot, but it's being remade, or at least it was. Uh, I didn't even know about this. They're remaking it. Stephen yeah, King's I knew about it. it. I didn't really know about it. 
and uh, they were just about ready to start production and start shooting the film, and now their director has backed out of the project. Kerry Funkunga. Yeah. I wasn't even going to attempt to say his last name. Or Fukunaga. Right. Is uh, he, he's, he's backed out of the project, and now they're kind of left in a little bit of a limbo trying to uh, see you. Uh, Get Michael Bay. <laughs> oh, my God. You know, I, I got to say, the one thing that, that I am happy about uh, with this remake is they're still... Well... <laughs> I say happy. I'm trying to think about this. So the the new It movie is going to be divided up into two films. One of one of them as the kids as one of the group as kids and one of the group as adults. Now is this a movie that they're doing or like a TV series like it was back in the 90s that scared the shit out of me? Yeah. Well, no, no. It's films. It's, at least they're using the terminology films uh, in 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 this uh, Vanity Fair uh, article. Is is they said divided up into two Yikes. films. They only gave the director a $30 million budget to work with. It, but you could make that happen. You can make that happen. Yeah, I guess. But still. I mean, because it... I guess, I guess it's more cause, practical horror. At least in like the first part of the movie it would be. Yeah, more practical. But also, what really makes it scary is, you know, is the suspense of the story. You know, Stephen King's already written it. So this the, the suspense is already there. So having a low budget, it, it can still work. Uh, but the first f- the or yeah the original film it it wasn't two films it was presented as one like I remember having it on VHS and having the dual the dual VHS cassette tape I don't know if it needs to be oh, two films but if I, I guess because like you said yeah okay no I'm st- I'm starting to talk myself into thinking it could be two films because the original was just a TV miniseries and so you know it was it was spread out over a couple of days like like what they did with the stand if this if they're not going to do it on TV and it's going to be in theaters then yeah it does need to be two movies it would be really cool if they were to release them fairly quickly for one another you know like have like the one where they're the kids released and then maybe a month later have the one where they're adults released so that way it's still fresh in everyone's mind but also is you can't really you know there's no there's there's no conclusion and in, in, would be in the first film. It's just going to leave on a really bad note. Yeah, well, apparently Fukunaga, like his scripts that he was turning into New Line, who had greenlit at $30 million, his scripts were going above $30 million, and New Line was like, we're not going to budge. He's like, fine, bye. Yeah. Now, New Line may cave here at some point and be like, oh, gosh, oh, gosh, we've already got everything set up. We'll give you the extra money, but there's no guarantee of that. They could go get Gary Busey to direct it. Oh, my God, Sam. Leave <laughs> Gary Busey alone. All right. It wouldn't be a show if we didn't talk about Marvel Cinematic Universe and DC Cinematic Universe. Uh, the good old MCU and DCU. Well, in all honesty... Oh, wait, Sam, you got... No, I thought I had to sneeze. Is wait. it coming? I got that tickle. Well, let me tell you. We're talking about the Gambit movie here starring Channing Tatum. All right, I'm back, Sam. Is this really the Marvel Cinematic Universe because it's Fox? It's more like the 20th century Marvel Cinematic Universe. It's like the redheaded stepchild of the Marvel of the MCU. Yeah, and if I'm reading this correctly, and I could be wrong, we may get our first little tease of Gambit and X-Men Apocalypse coming up next summer. Ooh, I did not know that. Yes. All right, uh, Sam, you're doing such a good job. Why don't you continue with what you were saying? Well, according to IGN, Gambit here... 
the wild card that he is, <laughs> is going to buck the trend of all superhero movies. He is going to change the tropes that you would normally see, like the cliche action sequences, the catchy one-liners, the big, bright, flashy effects. But some of those... God, please keep those in. I was about to say, is like I could do without the one-liners. That's fine. But at the same time, is like some of that shit's in the comic, and that's what makes it good. You know, is... Well, I mean, according to Chatham... Ch- well, Tatum. Tatum, Channing Tatum. We're going to be... And this is from an interview he gave to Empire Magazine. We're going to be changing some of the tropes of these movies. It's always uh, about saving the world, but maybe we're, we're going to shift things a little bit. There's so many... There's only so many ways you can take an origin story. You could do it like Batman Begins or a different take and go Guardians of the Galaxy route. All I can say is I'm super excited. Um, I feel Gambit will lend itself more to a Guardians of the Galaxy route in humor and tongue-in-cheek yeah. stuff like that and less of a serious tone yes. than Batman. Yes, that would uh, that would definitely... Yeah. I, I also feel like they could really take his origin story in any direction because outside of the hardcore fans, no one... I, I don't feel like his origin story is that well-known, you know? It's oh, please don't let this be a direct quote from him because this Uh-oh. is kind of a Uh-oh. douchey direct quote. Uh-oh. According to Tatum, I don't think I want to introduce Gambit until you can really explain who Gambit is. What? <laughs> I don't think I don't think I want to introduce Gambit until you can really explain who Gambit. So who's Gambit? <laughs> what makes Gambit Who mad? is your inner Gambit? Yeah, who is Gambit? What the fuck? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I, I just read that at the bottom of the IGN article. I was like, what the fuck is this shit? That's like, dude, calm down. Be happy they're making this fucking you're, film. You're taking them too seriously already. <laughs> I, because people, you know, I think, I can't believe the Gambit movie was greenlit before the Deadpool movie, you know, or at least we found out about it first because I feel like Gambit's following is way less than Deadpool's. So you know what, Tatum, just be fucking happy. You're you're getting a Gambit movie. Oh, that he always felt like the most real X Men to me. He's kind of a tortured soul, you know, and he's not every, a good guy. Guess what? Every superhero is a tortured soul. Every superhero has baggage that's going on in their lives. Everyone is dealing with some shit in their past that doesn't make Gambit special. You know what that does? That makes Gambit like everyone else. But he's not a bad guy either. He walks his own <laughs> path, and of course he plays cards and drinks and is a martial arts badass. Oh, of course. Be- you know who else walks your own path? Fucking Batman. <laughs> Wolverine walked his own path. Good God. Just like how uh, many tropes can you stick into your sayings that you're telling me he's not gonna go into this movie? I, I just I just like how he how you know he walks his own path. So of course he's gonna be a drinker, and of course he's gonna be a game player a card player. How is that walking your own path? Like I believe in like in the first like X-Men movie, like Wolverine was in a bar for like the good first like yeah, half of the he's, movie. He's He's doing cage, illegal cage fights to earn money on the side. That is something different. That is something you don't see every day. You yeah. see superheroes drink away their sorrows. Oh my gosh! It's like the whole thing. Like after like somebody's like girlfriend or wife or boyfriend dies, it's the whole ominous bar scene where they're all knocking back shots in memory of their long lost friend or lover. Can we talk about a movie where the lead actor isn't being a douche? 
Yes, let's let's talk about that. So I didn't know about this. Uh, you filled me in on this. There's a chance. There's rumors out there that um, Wolverine will make an appearance in the Deadpool film. Uh, yes, there is a rumor pool um, out there that is saying and that yes, Wolverine uh, could be making an appearance in Deadpool. Makes sense, as I could see it. Um, According to Ryan Reynolds, he says, "God, I hope so. It would that would be really nice. I don't know. We'll see." It seems like he's open to it, but it's going to be more of a scheduling issue than anything else. Yeah. Hugh Jackman's already been kind of like, I'm kind of done with Wolverine. Well, no, I mean, he officially said after 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 X-Men Apocalypse and the next standalone Wolverine film. He's done. He's hanging it up. So the so why not go out on top and make a cameo in the Deadpool movie? Or maybe use the Deadpool movie to introduce your new Wolverine. Hey, there you go. So we will see. Uh, I'm just happy, you know. I'm just happy that I, we keep hearing news about the uh, Deadpool movie and that it's all been positive. Also, if you want a little ray of sunshine, jump on over to our Facebook page. I posted a little Deadpool thing. That oh, about the sick kid? Yeah, Ryan yeah. Reynolds. Went wow, to- heart of gold. This kid had cancer. This like eight or nine year old kid who's a Deadpool fan, which is kind of odd to be. Yeah, a I was Deadpool about to say. Fan. Is like I'm surprised <laughs> they weren't like, here's Deadpool and child services. We need to talk <laughs> to your parents. Like. Why are you letting your nine-year-old read Deadpool? I mean, wait till he's at least like thirteen. Like puberty is like the best time to start reading Deadpool. Yes. But there is a lovely story and lovely photos of like Ryan Reynolds like putting like the Deadpool mask on the kid yeah. and toying around. Said so, so. Kudos for you, Ryan Reynolds. Right. Right. And like I said, that's posted on our Facebook page, My Comic Life. Head over there. But yes, uh, Ryan Reynolds really wants to, and I think you know Hugh Jackman wouldn't be opposed to this idea. He's made cameos in other films. He made a cameo in First Class. Like, like he said, it's all about timing. Yeah, come on, Hugh, just make time. Do it for the fans. Yeah, yeah, make time. Oh, okay. So s- switching over from MCU's redhead stepchild over to D, is it DCU? DCU. Uh, yeah, DCU. <coughs> More. Oh. I, oh, sorry. I, I I'm don't, choking on all the douchiness I, over I here. I don't. I don't want. I don't like that. There's so much shit coming out about Suicide Squad. Like, I'm just trying myself. Like, I feel like you guys are starting to overcompensate. You know, and trying to keep everyone every week. It seems like there's a new. Like, oh, this has been revealed about the movie. It's like DC. You're like the guy that pulls up to the red light in like the souped-up car and has to rev his engine really loud yeah, to compensate and, for a small penis. Yeah. Um, so there has been some, uh, footage revealed, uh, and it's answering some questions. Uh, the question was, will Batman show up in the Suicide Squad movie? And from the footage that's been leaked recently, it looks like, yes, he will. There has been footage released of the Batmobile and the Joker. The Batmobile mobile. literally chasing Joker in a purple Lamborghini. Yes. I guarantee to you I know how this goes and fits into the movie. Okay, tell me. <laughs> Call it right here. We're calling it right here. I'm calling it right here. If Joker's going to be like the main antagonist of the first Suicide Squad movie, this is the beginning. Like they're going to give a brief quick cameo where Batman kidnaps the Joker and locks him up and then the Joker escapes and has some dastardly evil plan that the Suicide Squad has to prevent. I think they're going to be at someone's birthday party, and the Batmobile will lose one of its wheels, causing the Joker to get away. That's how I think it's going to tie into the film. Jeff, that is 
very creative and yet cringeworthy at the same time. Like I almost like want to give you a high five and then hit my head on the desk repeatedly. <laughs> <laughs> hey, Not bad though. It, it makes bad. sense. All right. Uh, finally, uh, Sam, movie of the summer. It's been it's been top of the box office. It's been getting. All everyone's oh, it's just such a good film. Mad Max. You and I have both seen this. I can't great, say enough positive things great, about this. Great film. Uh, oh. Monday, this coming Monday, uh, Joe and I for Afternoon Delight, we went and saw Mad Max Fury Road. So that episode will be dropping this Monday on the Editing Bay channel. Uh, so just if you look for uh, Editing Bay in um, in iTunes, you'll be able to find it. That will release this Monday, our review of that. But we're not here to talk about the film, even though the film is great and we could do, well, Joe and I did a whole show about Jeff it. Jeff and I could do two hours on the subtleties and awesomeness of Mad Max. Right, but it is so awesome that DC, well, more specifically Vertigo. The extreme version of DC. Is going to release a comic of Mad Max Fury Road. So this will not be based off the original. This will be a comic based off of the new movie. And it will focus on uh, on two characters, none of which who are Max. Is The main focus of this comic will be uh, the character Nux, who if you've seen the film, or even if you haven't seen the film, Nux is in the previews. He's the one that is, like, going all crazy with the silver mouth that says, like, oh, what a glorious day it is, like, in the giant sandstorm. What a lovely day. Yes, uh, is, is... Oh, so Nicholas Hout's character. Yes, yeah, so uh, the story will follow Nux's upbringing from childhood. Uh, it actually looks like that it will focus a lot on his character and his family life and the demo- and the fallout from his family life leading him into the character we see in the film. And then the other character the comic book will focus on will be Immortal Joe. He is the uh he is the main villain the in the gas film. Mask wearing bad guy. Yes, yes, is it will show his rise from post apocalyptic world to a militia leader into what he was in the film. So of course I think Max will make appearances here and there, but it doesn't look like he's going to be the main focus. This is either going to be a... If they're doing this like the movie, this is either going to be a very short comic book or a very art-driven comic book because that's one of the most brilliant things about the movie is that George Miller uses, like, one to two words to, like, convey a point, and it works. Yeah, it really, really does. Really well. Yeah, uh, Joe and I talk about that uh, in in Afternoon Delight episode, so, and once again, that will be up uh, this Monday on the Editing Bay channel. All right, Sam, do we have uh, anything else that uh, we want to talk about uh, Mad Max before we uh, get on over into new releases? If you haven't seen Mad Max, go see it. Yeah, definitely pay full price. Seal of approval. is. I will say this. If you're debating between seeing it in 3D and 2D, George Miller, director, has said, yeah, you don't need to see it in 3D. And, and you really don't. There, no. are, there, are, there are a couple shots that, yeah, would look cool in 3D, but overall... You, you you don't need to pay that extra ticket price. You get just as much, and if if anything more, out of the two D version than you would out of the three D version. All right, Sam, let's get into what's coming out this week. All right part of the show where we let you know what's new in comics what's new in theaters and really that's that's about it is uh next week uh we will be doing uh what's new on netflix for 
the month of June. But as always, Sam, since this show is released on Wednesdays, is uh, Wednesday is also New Comic Book Day. So, Sam, what is coming out in comic books today? All right. On the Marvel side of things, Marvel has been doing a standalone series for certain Star Wars characters as well as a continuing Star Wars comic. So, we have Princess Leia number four coming out. The Empire is rounding up fugitive Alderanians. That's a mouthful to say right there. Sounds like it. This, this doesn't sit well with, with, the, with their princess, but what can one woman do against the Empire? A lot. Hell hath no fury like the scorn of a woman. Yeah, no shit. Princess Leia is going to tear some shit up and rip the Empire new asshole, and I say, go for it, girl. <laughs> Kill them all. All right. <laughs> all right. Also, don't know if this means he's officially back, but... He's back. Old Man Logan number one. Wolverine is back in a sense here. Yeah. Is, so, as you know, Marvel has launched Secret Wars. And then throughout the uh, universe, they're having, like, Battle World, uh, Battle Zone, like, all these different aspects of, um, of, of this new world. And I forget what world this is in. I think it's Battle Zone or something like that or War Zone. What? What? I got it here. Okay, what is it? The Wastelands. No, no, is that the subtitle of his comic? No, it just says, Enter the Wastelands, oh. a realm where all the heroes have been murdered by their arch enemies, villains who now rule over the land with an iron fist. In the midst of this dystopian chaos, one man may make a difference, a reluctant warrior who was once the greatest mutant of all, a man simply known as Old Man Logan. Right. So what this is, is you know how uh, the other week we were talking about the um, the uh, new Deadpool secret? That's what is, is the Secret Wars for Deadpool. Is th This is the beginning of, of the new... Um, of, of the uh, of the new U Marvel universe is is Old Man Logan, the Hulk has one, Infinity Gauntlet, which also comes out this week, has one. Uh, these are the new uh, these are the seeds of the new uh, Marvel universe, and so this is Old Man Logan, you know, Wolverine as as an old man. So uh, so that that's the universe that he is in, and 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 I it, I believe it is war. He's in the war zone it's like secret wars and then war zone and that is i believe what is building the seeds for the new marvel universe all right sam what else all right flipping on over to the pages of dc you only did one you normally do two no i did i did princess leia oh you're right and i did you're Wolverine. Right. you're right okay sorry go ahead <laughs> we have convergence booster gold personally i do this because i love booster gold <laughs> The guy basically wasn't a superhero in his time because he wasn't good enough to be a superhero in his time, so he had to go back in time mm -hmm. to become a superhero. Hilarious setup for that. So, starring heroes from Crisis on Infinite Earths, Booster Gold's Time Masters combine forces to see is it possible that these heroes can put a stop to all Convergence battles that are going on. Booster Gold, Time Masters. You can okay. change time and reality. Who knows? Read to find out. All right. The big, the, the big one of this is Convergence number eight. This is the main storyline throughout DC's big summer battle royale. All the heroes of the DC universe unite to face a crisis of infinite proportions. But when all is done, there can be only one reality. But will even that survive the battle? I don't know. Ooh. You're going to have to read to find out. 
And then on my just, hey, check this shit out comic book list, um, we have Fight Club number two coming out. Well, okay. Oh, sorry, the, Fight Club two number one. The name of the comic is Fight Club two. This is issue one. Okay. Do you have a little description of that or not? Oh, yes. Okay. Most of you have probably seen that Fight Club, the movie, but didn't know it was adapted from a book by Chuck Palahniuk. Well, Palahniuk is back with the sequel to his cult favorite, but this time in the form of a comic book that picks up with... Jeff? Picks up with what? Oh. <laughs> I wow. Don't, I don't know where you're... The so, main I, character and Marla. Oh, yeah. See, I don't know what Edward Norton's character was because they never really said his name in the movie. Jack. We'll just call him Jack because he's Jack's raging bile duck. Well... Sam, in the movie, Edward Edward Norton's character is never really named. He's referred to as the man. And the man's personality is Tyler Durden. All right? And then... Well, Tyler and Marla have moved to the suburbs with a white picket fence house. The man. The man is on a shit ton of psych, psychotic medications to keep him under control. And his son is starting to display yes. signs of Tyler, Tyler Tyler's behavior. I have this memorized. I'm interested. I'm so excited. I want to read it. Yes, I'm, I'm definitely picking this up today. Uh, super excited about that. Uh, also, is, is that all you got for uh, for yours? Uh, and then um, Sandman Overture. I haven't read any of these, but supposedly it's a wonderful series. Neil Gaiman is back. Oh, writing the wow. Sandman Overture. So check that out. Wow. Uh, all right. Um, also, f- from Marvel, like I said, Infinity Gauntlet, uh, Secret Wars, Battle World is also coming out uh, today. Don't know if you need to read previous um, Infinity Gauntlet to understand what's going on in this one, but I do know that Thanos is playing somewhat of a big role in Secret Wars, the main story, so this might be a big one to pick up. But... Moving on over to quite possibly my favorite publishing house right now, uh, Image, is they have some good ones coming out this week. Uh, coming out this week is Postal Number 4. Uh, not going to read a description about that one because uh, it's the story is starting to get confusing to where you just kind of need to know what's going on. But So Postal Number 4 is out this week. Uh, also out this week, Invisible Republic Number 3. This is one of This is one that I've fallen in love with. Uh, Arthur, uh, Arthur McBride discovers Mia's secret and her act of compa- compassion could get them both killed. So I, if you've been reading, you know exactly what's going on. I was very excited about that. Also coming out this week is uh, Pisces number two. Uh, with the Vietnam War a few years gone, Dylan finds difficulty adjusting to civilian life. His hope dwindles while living with an abusive father and working a night shift at a local office, but the creeping uh, dread rises when the dark begins to speak in the voice of a friend long dead. This is a great like space psychological fr- thriller. Uh, number one was so good. Definitely recommend picking up this one. And then finally, each week, it's... Each week, it seems like Image is releasing new uh, a new series, and this week is no different. This week, we have Sons of the Devil number one. Alrighty, uh, so Sons of the Devil is a psychological horror story about Travis, an average guy trying to get by who discovers that he has family ties to a deadly cult. Told across three decades, Sons of the Devil is an uh, exploration of cults, family, and the dark side of human nature. It's true detective and orphan black meets helter-skelter. 
that sounds interesting. That's something that I definitely want to check out. So that uh, that series starts uh, this week or today that you can go pick up. Moving from uh, from comics on over to movies, really only two that I recognize the titles for and uh, feel like talking about. First up is the new uh, Bradley Cooper, Emma Stone uh, movie, uh, Aloha. A celebrated military con uh, contractor returns to the site of his greatest career triumphs and reconnects with long, uh, long, lo long ago love, while unexpectedly uh, falling for the hard, uh, hard charging Air Force watchdog assigned to him. Uh, so, like I said, the stars Bradley Cooper, Emma Stone, Alec Baldwin, uh, Rachel McAdams. Then we have the new Dwayne The Rock Johnson film, San Andreas. I'll be seeing this with my mom this weekend. Really, in the after she loves disaster movies. Th this is a this is a disaster movie. In the aftermath of a massive earthquake in California, a rescue chopper pilot makes a dangerous journey across the state in order to rescue his estranged daughter. It is uh, I've seen the previews of uh, San Andreas. And this definitely looks like you want to see this in IMAX 3D. I'm not saying that because they're paying us to say this. I'm saying that because I've seen the previews. And I've seen it both in 2D and 3D on large format and small format uh, movie screens. And the 3D large format screen, just it just looks better. So that's why I would say it's seen in that. So that's out this week. Sam, did I miss a movie or anything that, uh, that you wanted to t touch on? Nope, just pumped up for Entourage. Oh, is that your oh shit I forgot? No, this Entourage movie comes out June 3rd. <laughs> what? <laughs> Fuck you. Alright, so Sam, you got anything for oh shit I forgot? Nope. Alrighty, I don't either. Alright, so that means if you have not seen this week's episode of Game of Thrones, this is where you're going to want to turn off the podcast. Because Sam and I are about to go into great detail about this week's episode. And we hold nothing back, so there will be spoilers. So if we are losing you as a listener, we want to thank you. Uh, thanks for tuning in. Don't forget, if you're listening to us on iTunes, rate us, comment. Uh, that really helps us out. Uh, find us on Facebook. Just search for My Comic Life. I t uh, sorry, um, Twitter and, and Instagram, MyComic underscore Life. Uh, for those of you listening on the website because you don't have an iOS device, check us out on Podcast Republic or Podcast Addict. So uh, I think that I think that covers everything, Sam. So like I said, after after this little uh, music, uh, spoilers ahead. So last chance. If you haven't seen this week's Game of Thrones episode, don't blame us if we spoil anything. It's coming to you in three, two. One. Game of Thrones. All right, so we missed last week's episode because Sam was out sick. And I just didn't have time to find a, someone to fill in. So, uh, so last week, really, I don't want to spend too much time recapping on it. The only thing I really want to talk about is the ending that happens between... So many people were like, I'm, I'm leaving the show now. Yeah. Um, Do we forget season one where Khaleesi got pretty much the same treatment, right. but they didn't pan the camera away? Okay, so so here's, so really after last week's episode, the big controversy was Ramsey and Sansa had their wedding night, 
And no matter what Sansa's mood was, Ramsey was going to make sure that they consummated the marriage while making Reek watch. And that was the big controversy because it, it was a rape scene. And a lot of people, like Sam said, are saying, oh, this is, you know, is I'm turning it off. This is too much. Well, here's the thing is one. Keep in mind, this is this is fake. She the actress wasn't really raped. But also, they're really trying to display and trying to show how twisted, if you haven't gotten that already, how twisted the character Ramsey is. So, you know, I never like episodes that have this type of stuff in it, but building the, but I see why they do it because they're trying to build towards something. And so this instance will have future consequences. So that's why it's like, I don't like it, but. Okay, I get, I, I get what they're doing. So since we're starting on that, Sam, why don't we start uh, in the north where we actually open up with uh, with uh, Reek bringing Sansa some food. Yeah, basically I think Ramsey's been like, hey, nobody else wait on her but Reek. Reek will bring you your food. We'll do everything because she's been locked in her room since her wedding night. Right. Well, she hasn't wanted to leave because we're led to believe that every night Ramsey just comes in. Oh no, she says a line where she's like, "I can't leave this room." That's why she didn't run up to the tower herself. Right. So as we learned in a previous episode, she still has friends in the north, and they said, you know, light a candle in the uh, was it like the forgotten tower or the fallen tower? Yeah, the fallen tower. They, it's it's uh, and and we'll know that you need rescue, and so Reek has been bringing her food, and Sansa really tries to play to Reek. And you know she's she's Build like him up she, again. yeah she's she's like Theon he's like that's not my name y- you're Theon Greyjoy no my name is Reek my name is Reek no you're Theon and you and you know she you betrayed my family and now you owe me this this is essentially what Sansa is saying to him is you betrayed my family because at this point we as the audience know that Reek didn't really kill her brothers but as far as they know he did. So she's laying the guilt trip on him, which in that scenario, I would too. She's just sitting there. You owe us this. You owe me this. Take this candle, go up to the tower and light it. And that's all you have to do. And so you're led to believe that Reek is on his way to the tower. And then he gets to the door. And at first I thought like, oh shit, Ramsey was waiting for him. He knew all along. Nope. Reek, you had, you, you've, the, you've had so many opportunities. You, you you show yourself as a coward throughout this entire series. You you, you, you have sh- a chance to redeem yourself. You have you you, you you last week. You had you know you were made to watch uh, Ramsey force himself on Sansa, and you sat there and cried, and he did nothing. That was your first chance of redemption that you let go by you. This is your second chance. To 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 redeem yourself, and what do you do, Reek? Instead of going and lighting the candle in the tower, you take the candle to Ramsey and explain to him what what the deal was. And so then, what happens later in the episode is we see we see the old woman that had told Sansa that you, you still have friends in the north. We see her hung and skinned. Much like the banner of the Bolton House, uh-huh. and then Reek, uh, or not sorry, not Reek, Ramsey hands Sansa the the uh, 
candle, and he's like, why are you wasting candles? You know, because yeah. the nights are about to get so long around here. Yeah, and so it just oh, doesn't, mm, just doesn't sit well. God, just, man, yeah. like, I just, I can't wait. I just can't wait for Ramsey to have his comeuppance. All right? Is that how you say it? Comeuppance? Yeah. Comeuppance. I just can't wait because it's going to happen and it's going to be bad. And I'm... Oh, I'm I'm actually like looking forward to it. And the shitty thing is Brienne is sitting there watching and she's like, you know, we we just got to wait. We got to wait for the sign from Sansa and then we can go in and move. And so far it's just not coming because she's trusting the wrong people. Is she really th- you could tell she really thought she could get across to 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 Reek by calling him by his old name and reminding him of his family heritage, but Ramsey has just just tortured the shit out of him to the point where it's just it's just no good uh, or no go now sticking in the north we then move over to Stannis Baratheon's troops they're currently on the march from Castle Black to Winterfell and we're starting to see winter is coming as we're starting to see snowfall it's much like what happened when Alexander the Great tried to take over Russia right and Napoleon the Nazis and so uh, Stannis is in his quarters having a conversation with, uh, I believe you pronounce his name, uh, Davios. And, uh, Davos. He, Davos. And he informs him that, hey, look, that 40 of their horses had died the previous night and more will die after sunfall and this coming night. And 500 hired, hired soldiers ran off in the night. Right. And so, and so uh, Davos, right? Davos. Davos is saying, we need to go back to Castle Black. We Look. We, we we need to go back. We don't have the manpower. Or, you know, horses are dying. Troops are leaving. We need to turn back and wait out the winter because it's going to be bad. And Stannis, no, refuses to turn around because if he because he says, you know, at uh, what was it? Black uh, the Blackwater or is that a government thing? <laughs> What what was the one uh, that that he attacked King's Landing? Yeah, Stannis said that basically when when he attacked King's Landing, he had to run away, and if he runs away a second time, he'll he'll be known as the king who ran. Right, and you know, and that winter could last for several years. Yeah, he would have that notion over him. So he says, "No, we're marching to Winterfell. For better or worse, we're we're marching to victory. Or we're marching." You also to see, death. like a lot of his men are coughing, and obviously there's yeah. a cold or flu going around the camp, and none of these men look like they're in any shape to wage a war. Right, right. Uh, and then, as so, then the his spiritual advisor, uh, the woman who believes in the fire god, right. She she's in the room, and after uh, Davos leaves, she decides you know, to talk to Stannis and she sits there and says, you know, don't forget, don't forget that you, that I saw it and you saw it in the flames that, that you will march to victory and that there will be victory in Winterfell. And Stannis is starting to have second thoughts. He's like, I don't know what I saw. I, you know, I saw something in the fire. I don't know what it was. Yeah. Stannis is like, listen, my men are freezing their ass off out there and you're telling me I'm still going to win this thing. And she tries to comfort him and is like, no, you saw it. I saw it. You know what's going to happen. But then it's like, uh, but it's gonna come at a sacrifice, and okay, what's the sacrifice? Uh, well, looks like the sacrifice to win will be Stannis's daughter. 
Or at least a good chunk of her the daughter's blood. Yes, and that is not sitting well. Which you find out she originally tried to get from Jon Snow when she tried to seduce him, but that didn't work. Yes, and because it has to be because it has to be blood from a a royal lineage. Yeah, so uh, you know, and he even says like, "Okay, leeches, not gonna work, not gonna work." Is it? She she did this once before. With um, yeah, yeah, while back with um oh the king who died in the first one of his bastards, she cut him right. Uh, didn't take all of his blood, but took a chunk of his blood and created some bastard demon out of it. Yes, yes, that was a really weird scene that I still yeah. don't understand. Uh, so so that that's what's happening in the north. Uh, from the north, Sam, do you want to move to Dorne? Or, I am I saying that wrong? Let's move to Dorne. Because when I watched, oh, okay, oh, so you're. La- I thought you're laughing at my pronunciation. No, when I watched what happened in Dorne, I was. I mean, th- there's the less boring part, which is where basically you find out that Jamie doesn't know his daughter at all, and that she's rather really happy here, and she wants to stay. Right, right. So let's talk about that. So uh, Jamie is like being kept in a really nice cell, and he's and he's like, well, you know, I'm here to make sure my niece is taken care of. And they're like, all right. Daughter, not niece. But as far as everyone concerns, you know. And there's like, all right, so here's your niece. You can talk to her, and you can see that she's very well taken care of. And 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 he's still like, I'm here to rescue you. Don't worry. And she's like, rescue me from what? Mm-hmm. She's like, you guys. This is my home. You guys kicked me out of the family. I'm in love with this guy. I did, I'm here. I, I, I did what you asked me to do, is I'm, I'm living here, and now I'm in love, and I'm going to stay here, I'm going to marry, and I'm going to help rule this land. And it's kind of like, well, that's what you get. You you turned your back. Well, Cer- uh, Cersei didn't want to, but, you know, powers that be made them uh, made them turn their back. So, you know, I, I think that was great. I loved that scene. I thought that was great. I was like, fuck yeah. Fuck yeah, she's done with being a Lannister. She's over that family. She wasn't involved in all their drama and shit. She's a, she's a different type of Lannister. Very very happy with how that the how that uh, transpired. I'm just gonna say this flat out. The next scene, bar none, one of the sexiest, hottest scenes I've ever seen. Even with the ending part of the scene, I was still like, damn girl. Yeah, this is the part of the show where you turn down the dimmer switch, light the candles, get out the oil, and get out the cavassier. Because things are about to get hot. Real hot. Yes, yeah, Sam. Why don't you tell them what happened in this scene? Why don't you tell them what you saw? So, uh, Jamie's hired sword there. Oh, yeah. What's his name, Jeff? Why don't you tease his name? Bron. Bron, yeah. Yeah, Bron's all locked up and shit. And Bron's singing about Davos women and life in Davos. Yeah, about all the ladies. <laughs> keep doing this, man. This can do... Come on, Sam. We're <laughs> half, We're already halfway through the script and we can keep this up. And... Uh, Braun is locked up across from the three women who tried to overthrow the Empire oh, last yeah, year. Oh, yeah, the Sand Snakes. Yeah. Three sisters. And anyway, one of the girls walks up to the cage across from Braun, and she's like, am I not the most beautiful woman you've ever seen? Are yeah, you going to tell me you've seen someone more sexy? And Braun's like, listen, I've been all over the world. I've seen lots of sexiness. And I've seen women prettier than you. Oh, and well, let me show you some titties and see if that <laughs> changes your mind. So, yes... So the uh, the girl starts to disrobe just a little bit. Yeah, not don't forget she a freak because her sister's in the background watching what's going yeah. on. And and she's like, so what are you thinking of me now? And he's like, well, you don't want to know what's going through my mind. I can't think of any of the ladies. 
Yeah, and uh, then he starts to get really hot, and he starts breathing harder. Oh, it's so hot in here. Take off all your clothes. <laughs> oh. Come on, Sam. We're almost done. <laughs> Keep it going. And then he's like, what's wrong with me? And she's like, I poisoned you. And he goes, so who's the most beautiful girl now? And he's like, oh, oh bitch, you, you, are. Are, you, you are. You are. And then she kind of does this cute playful thing where she's like, listen, here's I'm the- I'm going to play my titties a little bit, and then I'm going to pull out the antidote. Yeah, she's got the antidote around her neck, and she throws it, and she goes, don't worry, you're kind of cute too. And I don't know why, but I was like, they need to get married right fucking now. That is like the cutest thing I've ever seen on those Game of two, Thrones. Those two are going- They may not get married, but they are going to bang the shit out of they each other. They would make such beautiful babies and have such a happy family. Yeah, they will be banging But like you know what no thought ran business. through my mind was- I wouldn't even be mad if she poisoned me if she just threw me the cure and told me I was cute. I'm like, I don't know what happened, but like, I just like fell in love like with that girl like right there. And I was like, I'm sold, sweetheart. You've got it going on. You fell in love with her because she gave you a half chub, Sam. That's why you <laughs> fell in love with her. No, just the way she did it was so seductive and hot. And damn, though, that, that girl owned up to her, her womanness and her sexiness. And it really, she really she played it well. Kudos. She really did. So that's what happened in Dorn. Then let's move on. <laughs> yeah. Sam. That is the creepiest damn thing we've ever done on this show. Yeah, Sam. Yeah, yeah your well, ladies' j- man. J- j- just, just like real world sexual exploits. Your ladies' man impression and sucks, and I feel awkward. That was not my lady. I don't know what impression I that feel was. awkward and dirty now. I don't know what that impression was. But oh. so but so from uh, from, from uh, Dorn. I'm going to go home and scrub it all off tonight. <laughs> uh, we, we move on over to the wall where uh, John uh, departs for a hard home, uh, which is where uh, the, the wildlings. wildlings live. And so, of course, uh, he he speaks with uh, Sir Alistair, and he's like, "Don't do it, don't do it." But he's like, "Nah, no, I'm doing it." And uh, and uh, Sam gives uh, John the uh, the dragon glass weapon, which he used to to, sl- to kill a White Walker. And he's like, "Oh, you know, hopefully we won't need it, but uh, thanks for it." And so then then you know this week was real light at the wall, and then after this, uh, we see um, Maester Targaryen. Oh, died. that's right. That's right. He he dies. And and at his funeral, the guy he left in, or the guy John left in charge turns to Sam and goes, "You're running out of friends. Yeah, you're running out of friends out here. You better watch out." Right. And then that leads us into the next scene, where um, Sa- the, Gilly, Gilly, there it is. Gilly is washing up some clothes, and two two men from the Night Watch start harassing her, and. It looks like it's going to lead into the final scene of last week's episode, yeah, if you I mean, get my how drift. How much rape can this show but, do? But luckily, before it escalates to that, Sam steps in, and Sam does like what every man should. He steps in and he says, leave her alone. And they, no. Sam gets taken down Fight Club Sam style. Sam gets the living shit kicked out of him, but with every breath, with every inch of energy, he, or every, every little he bit of energy, back up. he gets back up and says, "Let's keep doing this. Let's keep fighting. You're not going to touch her." And then, what do we see that we haven't seen in forever? John's direwolf, the ghost. thing is fucking huge now. Is is after after Sam gets the living shit beat out of him, John's direwolf ghost comes in to the rescue and stands beside Sam, and the two guys that were uh, messing with Gilly run off. Then Gilly and Sam are back in Sam's quarters. She is she is cleaning him up from the blood, and then things get sexy. We are not yeah. going down this road again. She, I need some more water to wipe off all your blood. Don't leave, baby. 
Don't leave. I could do this so better than you. I don't leave. Okay, I'll stay. I'll stay. But if I'm gonna stay, I'm gonna rock your world, Sam. That 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 got weird because since your name is actually Sam, that that just. So yeah, so so Gillian Sam Sam finally gets some, and G- Gillian Sam end up having. Sex. I love Sam's little excited noise of yeah. Oh, 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 oh my. Yeah, yeah. That not even not not even like a manly like grunt like oh he's just like oh 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 my. Yes, yes. Uh so come on, Sam, drop the voice, add in the bass and be like, yeah. oh my. Yeah. Uh so that's what happened at the wall this week. Uh a lot of sexy sexy. <laughs> yes. Alright, so Sam, that leaves us left with King's Landing and Marine. Which which let's let's go to Marine, okay? Because I really love what happened in King's Landing this week. There were some shocking facts in King's Landing too, but Marine. Yeah, so let's move on over to Marine. So in <laughs> so uh, <laughs> this just makes me laugh. I love Peter Dinklage. Okay, so they're at the slave auction in Marine, and Sir Barrister and Tyrant are being, jo- yeah jo- jo- Jorah are are being sold off to yeah sorry Barrister's dead. And anyway. Jorah gets sold no problem because he actually looks like a real fighting knight. Right. And uh, Tyron realizes, oh, shit, I can't leave this guy's side now or else my <laughs> my Dinklage is is, is, is going to get cut off at the next port and sold. Right. And so he says, I'm a fighter. Too. And everybody laughs and goes, he's not a fighter. And, he, <laughs> and, and the guy, the that's guy holding his chin, he starts kicking the shit out of him. And so Good the, kudos, though, because he does beat the fuck out of him. Yeah, and so the guy's like, all right, here's I'll like take five him. more dollars for, for right. a little one. So then Jorah and uh, and uh, Ty- Tyron are are at the fighting pits in Marine. By chance, thank God, um, Khaleesi, or I know she doesn't go by, Daenerys is now there it is. honoring her- protocol, and protocol is that the queen must make rounds to the lesser fighting pits, so fighting f- pits before she goes to the main one. So the fighters fill... Yeah, like, like important, yes. basically. And she, so she already isn't happy about being there. And she, she doesn't know that these that these men fighting are slaves. Yeah, she, because she thinks they're all free men who volunteered. For right. This. So she doesn't know that. And so the men start fighting, and before they start fighting, they do their little chant that is like, "Those of us who are about to die, salute you." It's yeah. What the Roman gladiators used to do in the Coliseum. right, but but they they add in the like somewhere in there they add in well, cause queen. Like, at first of all, the guy who's putting on this fight thinks that it's just like a lightweight. You yeah. know, in boxing terms, it's a it's a warm up fight. It's like the heavyweight fight. Yeah, it's the one that's not televised. Yeah. So and also in the queen shows up, he's like. Fuck, stand up, you idiots. Right. We're going to do this right now. Right, and so that's when they say, like, Protocol, you know, we all salute you, the queen, yeah. and that's when Jorah realizes, oh, this is my well, this is my chance. This is what's awesome about this, is that these men are brutally slaughtering each other, stabbing each other in the neck, and Daenerys can't stand it, and she's about to leave, and then Jorah comes out, takes- comes out, stops, stops the brutal killing, but just starts, like, knocking men out left and right, fighting with... A certain class and style that a fight should be and, carried and, out, and in. she picks up on that yeah, and, and she's stays. Like, and she's like, like, "I like this guy. Yeah. He's not killing him. He's just knocking him out. It's and better." Then he's the obvious victor, uh, and then he takes off his helmet, very and she, a la gladiator yeah, style. And she's get him out of my sight. Get that's, the fuck out of here. That's all she says. Get him out of my sight, and <laughs> then walks. Meanwhile, away. always the opportunist. Tyron's like, "Oh shit, get me out of here." He he's trying to file his chains off. Out of nowhere, some big giant-looking motherfucker shows up. 
Yeah, and, and freeze him. his chains because he's chained to a wall at this point. Yeah. And he runs out and he goes, whoa, 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 wait. Look, I'm here. I am your gift. And I think, honestly, I think what he originally predicted is going to happen. I think Jorah is still going to get to the short end of the stick. And I think Tyron, with his words, mm-hmm. his way with the words, he'll be able to talk himself into Khaleesi's court. Right. Really no no resolution just now. Just now, uh, Daenerys has seen Jorah and now knows that a Lannister is there who, which, you know, you know, a Lan- the Lannister set, sent Jorah to spy on Daenerys, and that's why she banished Jorah from, from her site. So that's all we know with that, and so that's that's really – and that's how the episode ended is with, with them and seeing, like, okay, what's going to happen next week? Because because now, now – uh, Tyron and uh, Daenerys will be able to have that conversation. It's the first time really like two iconic characters that the fans love are meeting. It would be like if Tyron, Daenerys, and Jon Snow all sat down and broke bread together. You know, what I mean, yeah. like this is kind of an epic meeting here. Yeah, but so and so that's where the episode ends. But for our sake, we want to end on King's Landing because what happens in King's Landing, the last we see of King's Landing, made me very happy. And well, there was just some shocking revelations. Yeah. So first, when we when we go to King's Landing, we see that Lady Olena, I guess you could say, Marjorie and Loris's grandmother, she is meeting with the High Sparrow to try to dis- to discuss the imprisonment of her grandchildren, and she demands them to be released. But the the High Sparrow is like, no, broke broke the God's laws. Is she's in prison? And he sits there and he's like, well, and uh, Lady Olena, uh, at least that's what we're going to call her. Uh, she's like, every man has their price, you know, is is what do you want? You know, what do you need? I can get it for you and then you'll be great. And he says, well, no, I'm, I'm, I'm doing God's will. I'm doing, you know, the God's law. So you can't buy me. And, he's, and she says, okay, well, how is it going to look when my crops start my crops which feed king's landing stop showing up and everyone finds out it's because of you the high sparrow which the high sparrow is unaffected by and says you know hey the, maybe, the, maybe if you stop sending us grain we'll learn to make our own crops right here. and that the many will stop fearing the few so that alone was kind of like okay but that wasn't really the revealing part then uh then in uh then we Roll over, and we see uh, King Toman. He's talking with Cersei, and he's, oh, my wife's in jail. There's nothing I can do about it. You're the fucking king. There's absolutely everything you can do about it. Your mom is just playing mind games with you so much that you don't think there's anything you can do about it. When really, you're the king. You could walk in there and be like, release her. No, every one of my king's guards is going to come in and take down your, your, you know, your religion. Uh, your religious followers and get my queen free. There's a lot Toman could be doing, but he's just. But I can't tell if he's just too much of a pansy because. Of well, Toman almost grew a spine in this episode because he's like, I'm going to take the army. I'm going to you know attack the prisons, kill everybody who gets in my way, and I'm getting my woman back. Right, and she and that's when Cersei's like, No, let me talk to let me talk to the High Sparrow. Yeah, but in between this, um, the grandmother meets with Littlefinger at at his brothel. And this was the, the big shock to me. Finds out that th- both of them were in cahoots to kill Joffrey together. Yeah. That's what shocked me was the grandmother was like, 
Uh, listen, if anything happens to me here, I'm spilling the beans that you and I colluded together to kill Joffrey. Yeah, that was like, uh, I was, was like, I was like, I knew that Littlefinger had a hand in it, but I didn't know who was, was the, the other, other hand. Pi- yeah, who was the other party? He was, yeah, and once again, she was looking out for her granddaughter because she knew. Joffrey was a sick son of a bitch. Yeah. And, and so she was like, let's kill him and right. marry you down to like the next kid. And so little uh little finger is like, well, you know, uh what does he say? He uh He says something like Oh, oh well, yeah. First of all, the, the grandma's like, Why are you here? And he's like, Listen, I was summoned by Cersei already knew knew the information. She just wanted to hear it from me. It's nothing new, but I have some information that for I you. I didn't share with her. And a gift. I have a boy. Like I gave Cersei, I still don't know what the fuck that meant. I don't either. I don't but either. I guess we're going to find out in later episodes. Yeah. But then Cersei goes to visit the High Sparrow. Well, she goes to give to visit Marjorie in her cell. And, you know, and she's like, oh, Marjorie, these conditions are terrible. Here, he, have some venison that I had, had yesterday. yesterday. And, bitch. Yeah, and Marjorie's not having it. And basically you know treat gives her disrespect so cersei then goes to meet with the high sparrow and was like oh yeah no her conditions are fine and they start to discuss you know they start to talk about uh about the lasting of names like it was it was you know it it was just kind of like and cersei's like what happens you know if this doesn't go to trial and these kids confess and he's like well that'll just depend on the severity of their sin you know the, the act of contrition that they would have to do yeah that's when uh, that's when uh, the High Sparrow is like you know starts talking about Brother Lancel who yes and how you and how you have to, to become a High Sparrow you have to unburden yourself of all sins right which is something that Brother Lancel has <laughs> done and she and he was and the High Sparrow was saying well you know and in his unburdening he had a lot to say about you and because Lancel helped in the poisoning of. Robert Baratheon. And didn't they also have a relationship, a physical relationship? I think maybe she tried or he tried and it didn't I th- quite. I think she tried to seduce him or something yeah. like that. And so essentially we come to find out that that he's told the High Sparrow all this stuff and what happens, and this is my favorite part, is the monster that Cersei created has turned and bite the hand that fed it. and the Bite hi- the hand? He bit her fucking head off. And and they the High Sparrow locks up Cersei for crimes against the gods, and just what justification? Just so great. Well, where do we start? Incest, killing the <laughs> conspiring to kill the king, killing the king. Dude, we could do we could do a whole two hours on reasons why this is coming, and uh, this is karma that is finally catching up with Cersei, but. It, it, this is going to be an interesting twist, and this I think is finally going to be like Tommen's finally going to be like, okay, I got to grow a pair of balls. Tommen's the only one left in charge now. Yeah, pretty much. So that's what happened with this week's uh, episode of uh, of Game of Thrones. Sam, am, am I forgetting anything about about this week's episode? No, we covered all the salacious and sexy parts of this episode. Yeah. All righty, so that's going to do it for us for this week. We want to thank you again for uh, tuning in to the show. Uh, don't forget, follow us on Twitter and Instagram at MyComicLife, Facebook, MyComicLife. Find all the Next Wave radio shows at nextwave-radio.com or just search for Next Wave Space Radio in uh, in whatever service you use to find our podcast and you'll find all the shows. Sam, go ahead and close this thing out for us. Ditch the herd. Be a nerd. Stay strong out there, my friend.
You've been listening to the Next Wave Radio Network. That's fucking gold.